Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never really thought about tools until I bought a house in the suburbs. It's like this weird homeowner test if I need a tool for a project and don't have it. And my neighbor Ted loves to give me that look when I ask to borrow a pole saw. A year ago, I didn't even know pole saws existed. And now i got to borrow one from Ted? What is happening? Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Well, greetings and salutations. I now call to order this meeting of Movie Club. I am, of course, your host, John Campia. Great to have you guys here. Of course, joined by our fellow Movie Club members, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how you doing? Namaste. <laughs> and right beside him, of course, Ray Horace here. Ray, how you doing? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as we call to order this installment of Movie Club, we are, of course, here to discuss the great, my favorite, Tom Cruise movie, All You Need Is Kill, also so known as Live, Die, Repeat, also known as Edge of Tomorrow. Quite possibly, uh, it up there with uh, John Carter, the worst marketed film in the history of cinema. I, I remember when Trailer Star came out for this, Nobody had any idea. First, it had this surreal kind of warpy kind of like they played that. This is not the end music. And just like weird. It's like watching the trailers. Just like what? What is this movie? And nobody knew. The marketing department didn't know. No, the marketing department had no idea what to do with it. And, And then the movie came out. And so it didn't have a great opening weekend. But thankfully, word of mouth got out about it. And it did much better than we thought. Like I said off the top, this is my favorite Tom Cruise movie. The action is on point. Now, I've heard a lot of people over the years say, it's just Groundhog Day. And there is an element of truth to that. Sure, there's there's absolutely like this, Groundhog Day, Happy Death Day. It, it, it's been done, the idea that you have to live and repeat this day and you try to make changes along the way. Sure, but like not every cop show is Barney Miller. A lot of people right. are going, what show? Yeah, <laughs> never mind. That was from like when I was a child. But I mean, yeah, sure, sure, it's been done, but it's a very different kind of movie, and it's just so good. What did you think about this movie? Well, I, it, you know, it's based on a, a manga, a Japanese comic, and I, one of the things that struck me about this movie, it's not so much Groundhog Day, as to me, John, it's the ultimate video game movie, mm. and it's not based on a video game, but in terms of how you play a video game, one of the things I did not understand when I watched this, and I thought it was so genius is that, you know, you play a video game and you move up a level and you die and you have to figure out how to make it to the next level. Right. And that's what this, they incorporate the very idea of gaming, what modern gaming is. Tom Cruise becomes the ultimate gamer, except it's not virtual. He's the avatar in his own life. And it's, I I thought it was a genius idea that is so well-developed. And like we were talking about this earlier from the opening montage that sets the stage of the world. Like, where's the world at? Okay, we've been invaded by an alien force. They've taken over for five years. They've marched across Europe. There's no way to stop them. Tom Cruise is like the the voice of the military. He's up there, you know, giving speeches on primetime network television on the news shows, the 24-7 news cycle. It's got such an interesting 
opening. And when you're watching this, it struck me. I'm like, even though I've seen this movie like, I don't know, 20 times, I'm watching this again. I watched it last night to prepare for this. And I, I love this movie. It's so intriguing. And if, you, if you've never seen this movie before, and if you like science fiction and alien invasion movies, the first 20 minutes of this movie is so great. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, it draws you in and you're like, what is going on here? And, and it's it just, oh man, I love the setup of this film. And you don't really, because you don't see the aliens right away. You don't quite no, you know don't, what's no. happening. You just hear about it. I mean, what do you think, Ray? Do you dig it? Well, you know what's funny about Ray? As Ray, Ray and I were talking about this yesterday. I think you might have been here. It's like Ray was all disappointed that we decided to do Edge of Tomorrow because he's like, man, I like it when you do movies that I haven't seen yet. So it gives me an excuse to watch for the first time. This is actually a movie Ray has seen. Yeah. So, wow. You know, <laughs> so you the think? marketing was so bad for this movie. It was. I didn't catch it until I think it went on one of the cable networks that we had free one, one weekend. Really? That's when I saw it. And I was like, wait a second, this movie is pretty good. And I know it was like one of those free weekends where they repeat their biggest movie throughout the whole weekend. I think I watched it every time it came on, at least parts of it after I watched it the first time. Because I was like, when did this movie come out? I like the suits that they were wearing. Reminds me a lot of Gears of War for some reason. Yeah. Things like that. Like, um, Remind we, me of Aliens. Of, aliens. Smaller well, version now, of the Ripley outfit. Well, right? now Aliens makes sense to me because, like I said, for Movie Club, I watched that for the first time. And now the alien reference makes sense to me now. Um, there's, a, there's a lot going for this movie that I really liked. Like you said, the patterns in video games that people learn to get through levels. Yeah. That's, that's a little back then. I, video games are a lot harder now, but I, I do see what that reference like from the older video games where every level was constructed so you memorize patterns yeah. and you go through it over and over again. Me, I'm not that type of video gamer. I, if you tell me that's what a game's about, I won't play it. Oh, yeah. And it's just See, a frustration. I'm the type of video gamer that the first three times I try something, if I can't do it in three tries, I put down the remote control and I walk away. <laughs> that's my video game style. And then, and then throughout this film, I imagine myself in Tom Cruise's spot, and I'm like, would I just, just actually just sit there? Like, to, you know, they would do it in montages where, but he had to do everything over and over again yeah every exact thing i would just I, I would sit there and just not do anything anymore the next yeah, day i'll be like but forget you know it i bet there was probably stretches of days because remember they had that one scene in where he did just give up he's like you know what screw it i'm gonna go to the bar <laughs> right and i'm just gonna sit there and whatever but even that he started to realize okay that's not an option either so yeah. the only way out of this is to muscle through it and get through it and like one of the things that jumped out to me the most when i started watching the first time i saw this movie was like all the different ways he would die but one of the best ways and this is going to sound weird yeah. but i love that they not every kill had to be some kind of spectacular weird thing like he hits at one point it was like ah oh, he sees somebody starts to just run toward them hey and a truck just drove by and hit him and I remember that one like caught me totally off guard. I was like, whoa, I wasn't ready for that one. So they started to put all that kind of stuff into it too. And it was just so creative. So you get, first of all, just a story. I'll tell you one of the problems I had though. Here's one of the problems that I had. He shows up at this military base when he, when he wakes up after being drugged, right? Wakes up at this military base. It's like, I'm a major. Like, sure you are. You're private. You're a deserter and blah, blah, blah. We just introduced the movie with, he's the face of the military on television. You can't tell me not all of those soldiers knew who he was. 
He was the face of the war effort. So that part to me, I found a little hard to believe that suddenly shows up at this military base and no one's ever, nobody recognized him. Come on. Like that, that part was a little silly to me. But other than that, and by the way, the late, great Bill Paxton oh. in this, like so good. Like everything from the way he would talk to the soldiers and all that kind of stuff. Like he was absolutely fantastic. I love seeing him. And I, you, know, you forget sometimes how big of a guy he, he was, that Bill Paxton was this big dude. Of course, he was standing next to Tom Cruise. So maybe, you know, we'd all look like big dudes there. But uh, again, like from the dialogue was always sharp. The story progressed. The editing of this movie dude, is like, uh, you'd almost say like the writing is great. The story, but I mean, if this, the editing isn't done absolutely right, I don't think this movie takes off. Uh, I, I completely agree with you. And you know, I love how this movie kind of is a misdirect because in the beginning, you understand that, okay, there's this dire threat happening. You don't quite know what it is. But so Tom Cruise is like this. He's, he's, he's kind of like the character of, uh, of, of Kathy in a, a few good men where he's used to pleading out his cases and he's never had to go. He's never had to actually try a case. Right. Yeah. And he's this kind of cocky, you know, I went to college and I, I never really went into the military. So he's playing that character again. And he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm like the face of the military. I go on to talk shows and when he sits down with um you know, the, the main, the big British Brennan Gleason, Brennan Gleason, when he sits down with Brennan Gleason, you know, and he's having this conversation. Well, you realize I'm not going to really, you know, go to war and I'm here to do this thing. And Brennan Gleason's like, Oh no, no, no. You're, you're going to go in with the front line. You're going to go in with the, the team. And you've been transferred into my command. Yeah, yeah. And it's so great. And you, you see that he becomes, he's a coward. You know, he doesn't want to fight. And you you think that the story is going to be about this guy that, Oh, he's going to have to be roped into fighting when he doesn't really want to. And, and then he'll find the hero within. Yes. And, yes. And, 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 and that's supported later with what Bill Paxton's saying, you know, the crucible of battle or whatever. And, and and this is before you understand what this movie's about, you know, and then he gets dropped into it. I, I mean, not since Saving Private Ryan is there an assault on a beach. Yeah, that's more harrowing than this. And it's harrowing from the beginning. I mean, the dropship they come in just and people are getting smoked left and right. I mean, just horrible. And, you know, you're I, I, I was terrified the first time I watched this movie for poor Tom Cruise. You know, what's going to happen? And then when he dies and wakes up again, you're like. Okay. Yeah. Now we're off to the races. And it's the first 20 minutes. And like you said, the editing, it's so brilliantly done. It's so beautifully made. And the visual effects are top notch. Yep. It's just it's just lush to look at. And Cruz is great. Yeah. Yeah. He's fantastic. And the way he gets like, I love this one scene when he gets on the beach and he turns around and he starts running away in his power suit and someone grabs him and pulls it. <laughs> it's so entertaining. It's so good. You talk about some of the good effects, right? One of the things, and I forgot about this till I was watching this movie again the other night, is his first death. Oh, yeah. When he kills the blue Ended up. and it bleeds on him and the, the effect of his face literally dissolving like it 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 was uh, what's the word it's shaking uh, uh, yeah it's yeah, disturbing dude. you never it's, see tom cruise and that disintegrate like that no like that was like horrifying. and it's his face yeah, yeah. It's his, you know you're looking and that's what makes his money even more, yeah that's and, more and and before horrifying. you before you know like he goes through the death thing just seeing that just for a split second i was like is that it? What happens from now yeah, on? That's the end of the movie. You know, I'm, I'm we're done. Wait, this found, is not the end. I found out of a lot of the Tom Cruise movies I've seen, his character, the way he played it, I, I, I 
I found him very likable. Like, well, like, yeah. like he was like, you know, very passive aggressive, like when it came to actual physical, like the war stuff. But I, I liked the, his thought process. I liked the way he figured things out. I, I just, I just found him enjoyable to watch in this movie, like throughout the whole thing. And what's um, really cool is when he would hit parts and we as the audience didn't know, has he gotten to this part yet before? Like when they go into the, the house where the helicopter is, right? Like they're playing that out as if this was their first time there. And then we realize he's been through this a number of times already. And that yeah. kind of guessing game for even us as the audience was really and, interesting. And, and let's not forget Miss Emily, oh, baby God. oil blunt in this movie. <laughs> How much baby oil did she put on herself? And she goes and asks Tom Cruise, is there something on my face? No, it's all the baby oil you have on you. Nobody sweats like that. I would have been looking. Everyone would be looking. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, here, and, and here's how many. I, I honestly don't know the answer to this. How many times in this movie did they do the Catherine Zeta-Jones thief shot of her when Tom Cruise first sees her? Oh, and she's laying yes. on the floor in the middle and she does the push up. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That, you know. That's all kind of number one, badass, and number two, sexy. Yeah, I mean, that whoa. was like, how many, seriously, how many times? Six times? Did well, they that, show there were that six shot? times. And it was worth every single every Is that time. a push-up, really? Yes. I call that, I kind of call that the dolphin. I'll say she pushed herself oh, yeah. up rather than a push-up. Like, she was just kind of getting up to pay attention. Dude. And they, every time she did it, her tricep I know. would, like, rip out. And it's like, the baby oil. Okay, it's that baby oil. <laughs> that, but, but these aliens, too, you know, Rob. If you think like me, you felt like eating a big plate of calamari afterwards. <laughs> well, it's great because they got the drones and then they've got these the, these alphas, you know, right. and I, I really loved at first you can't. I like the fact that you they were never they, they were, they were never, never still enough. The they're beginning. never stationary. You they're could, always moving. Yeah, they're always moving. And then but they did give these alphas these faces that were so great. I mean, yeah. these terrifying they also look like a Balrog. The two with the way the yes, energy being yeah, inside that's their mouths. Exactly, that's exactly right. They look like the Balrog. Totally. And, but the fact that they're so fast is oh, just... It's and the just, tentacles. Oh, yeah. Just they're terrifying. And they, outmatched. They'll tear you up. You know that from the beginning that the situation is dire. But I have to give a shout out. Um, you know, Tom Cruise worked with Chris McQuarrie for the first time on Valkyrie. Because Chris McCoy wrote that. And I love that. I love that. Movie. Yeah. Academy Award winning screenwriter for Usual Suspects. I don't think I've seen that. Valkyrie. Which one was that one? That's in uh, World War II. Oh, okay. 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 Hitler. But after that, they made Jack Reacher together. And then after Jack Reacher, uh, before Mission Impossible, uh, Tom Cruise kept McCoy to rewrite all the scripts. And he gets first position screenwriting credit on this movie. He also rewrote Top Gun Maverick. And so this long-standing relationship between now a director and a writer and Tom Cruise, it's one of the most, I think when we look back at cinema history, the, the McQuarrie-Tom Cruise partnership has led to so many great... And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. It looks like your luggage is over 50 pounds. Is there anything you can take out? Oh, yeah. Let me just toss all these $20 bills. Great. Let me grab you a trash can. Stop. Instead of throwing money away, move some clothes into a carry-on. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Movies. 
beginning with Valkyrie and Jack Reacher, but on to this, on to Top Gun. Then the Mission Impossible films are going to end up doing four together. And McQuarrie is such a smart writer. The way he takes this could have been you could have made this movie for like 10 million bucks and made it a cheesy B movie. I mean, you really could have. But it's so well that the script and the ideas are so well presented. Like you said, once they get into have they been here before? Yeah. Can you imagine trying to write this script? Like, where are we? Can, you know, and, and figuring it out. Can I can I bring up one small thing that I, I a little small storyline within this big war storyline? His progression with Emily Blunt in this movie. The, the when he finds out like the reveals that she actually is opening up to him. And then the next day when he wakes up, like the fa- his face would be like, I got, I got a step further here too. Like, you know what I mean? Like really the game. Imagine if you had could replay all the times you've hit on maybe someone you're interested in. And if you could replay that, man, that would be great. You could, you would figure out exactly what to do. I love that picture too, where she's got her final fantasy seven sword. (laughs) She was the hero of her nuts. That training scene where she's jumping and killing those uh, things. That was cool. I thought that was one of the coolest parts. By the way, you brought up Christopher McQuarrie, but we should mention like the direction of the film, Doug Lyman, Doug Lyman, who I like to refer to as my jumper director, who is who directed <laughs> oh, me in yeah, Jumper. That's right. I, I just forgot about that. Uh, a terrific job of directing this film. Oh. Like the script is there, but again, if the if the direction isn't there, if that editing isn't there, it doesn't work nearly as well. And I'll say one other thing that I still I've always had a problem with this, and I watched it again, and I still have a problem with it. The ending to me still doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> like he kills he kills the the omega at the end and the blood gets on him. Okay. But he was dead by the time the blood got on him. At least I thought he was. But even not. So it resets but it resets but not properly because the omega's already dead. Like why did the why did it reset the the omega still dead even though the omega hadn't died yet? You know, if you go back to the beginning of the day, that Omega was alive. Well, no, it was alive, but I'll tell you what I what I think happened was they got into, they got deep enough into, well, into Paris, into France, because remember, their team, that original team left, so they, all the stuff that happened, they got there first. They got there before the invasion happened, because they were able to take off and leave. So by the time they blew up the Omega, the original initial invasion hadn't occurred yet. You know, because it, okay. they, they jumped the time. That's over. right. So when they destroy the Omega, they were getting ready for this big invasion. And then suddenly their forces dropped dead. So it's because they it's because ultimately they were able to get. And that's another thing I loved about this movie, that the Schlepprock troops that Tom Cruise meets, like the dumb battalion that the, the ass. J squad. J squad. The <laughs> ass, the ass end of space battalion. They it's, they get to be useful. And I thought that was so cool how they brought everything back. The script was so tight in terms of its characterization. It becomes kind of like this getting to know you, dating, even though they're protecting the universe from these aliens. It still is the story. You see this developing relationship between these two characters that respect each other. By the way, uh, Insomniac 101 just gave a really good point to us brought up is by the end of the movie, Tom Cruise is the Omega. And you know what? I think Insomniac is totally right. He is right. He is the Omega by the end of that. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So that, you know what? Thank you, Insomniac. You just put that to rest for me. So, I mean, listen, 
Action, top-notch. Deaths, top-notch. Relationship evolutions, top-notch. Dialogue, top-notch. Story, yep. top-notch. Effects, top-notch. I mean, the performances, top-notch. I, I just, that's why, to me, this is my favorite Tom Cruise movie. I, I just, I, like, I was watching this again yesterday. I was like, God, like every minute, I was just completely enthralled with it. There isn't a moment where you're not marveling at yeah, this right. movie. There's not one bad moment. And then film. how... How hopeless do you feel when after they got duped by the general and he wakes up in the hospital realizing he didn't die to reset the day and now if he dies, he's dead. And like all of a sudden, like, I remember I was watching it again. Like I've seen the movie before. I'm sitting there watching it again. I'm like, oh, that feeling of they're screwed. Like, how screwed do you feel at that point? That it was set up so well. Yeah. This and she's getting ready to stab him again. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't have any power anymore. <laughs> like, that was so good. Oh, man. So good. And it's all, all of it was set up and earned. And I, I can't imagine, like, I always marvel at the writing of this movie when I watch it because it must have been so difficult to figure out where you were at the script at any time. Like, well, if, that, if this happens, this means yep. here's where we're at. It's just a marvel of of screenwriting keeping track of that would have been a nightmare and you know tom cruise john and and ray went through this uh uh science fiction period he made minority yep. report and war of the worlds with spielberg yeah don't forget then, oblivion then he made oblivion with joseph kaczynski who directed maverick and then he did this and i think all of those movies are very respectable and i i'm glad that tom cruise went through this sci-fi phase Maybe he'll do it again. I didn't watch Minority Report, but I do like. Oh, Minority Report's great. Oh, you'll love I do Minority like those Report. three: The War of the Worlds, Oblivion, and this movie. I did like. I gotta admit, I wasn't big on Oblivion. Didn't I? Didn't did not love Oblivion. I'll be honest with you. It works. You know what? As I've watched that movie over the years, I think it's aged really well. There's like a Mass Effect feeling to Oblivion. That's why I, I guess I liked it. Like and it the, looks incredible. Yeah. It's really beautifully made. All right, guys. Well, listen, that's uh, our thoughts on my favorite Tom Cruise movie, Edge of Tomorrow. Just a fantastic, fantastic film. So now let's do the real important work here of going over to you guys and hearing what you have to say about this movie. Now, before we get to that, though, we want to take a second and thank the sponsor of this meeting of the movie club, our friends at Athletic Greens. Hey, guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, Athletic Greens. Now, when you get really busy, and you guys know that Ann and I are really busy, one of the first things you sacrifice is eating healthy. And you know, I simply have never eaten enough vegetables in my diet, I admit it. So for a long time, I've been looking for a really good all-in-one supplement that helps me get those nutrients and vitamins that my body needs. And thank goodness, I found Athletic Greens AG1. So what is Athletic Greens AG1? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. And for me and Ann, it's easy. We get up in the morning, we pour a big glass of water, and add one scoop of AG1. So many people today are taking some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And it's cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself. And on top of giving you all those vitamins and nutrients, it also supports better sleep and quality of recovery, and supports mental clarity and alertness. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and 
five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mailbag. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash mailbag to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And thank you to our friends at Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode of Movie Club. Uh, by the way, before we get into the live question, I want to mention this. You know, it, it's funny because a lot of people are wondering, where's the sequel? Where's the sequel? There would be already a sequel done and have already been in the theaters today if it wasn't for a movie called Mary Poppins. Because as you can imagine, Emily Bunt Blunt is busy. Doug Lyman is busy. Tom Cruise is busy. And they finally found a window of time. Doug Lyman and Tom Cruise found a window of time that, hey, oh, I remember. here's a seven-month block, six-month block. We can make this movie. So they get a hold of Emily Blunt. It's like, we're ready to do a sequel to Edge of Tomorrow. Can you make this time work? And she goes, guys, you should have called me a week ago. I just said yes to doing Mary Poppins. And Mary Poppins is why we do not have an Edge of Tomorrow 2. Oh, man. I know. I know, because that Mary Poppins movie did not turn out to be all that good. Oh, it wasn't? It oh, didn't? No. She was great, though. I, she was wonderful, but I mean, I, I yeah, the movie wasn't all that great. Anyway, let's now go over and hear what you guys have to say about Edge of Tomorrow. So, Rob, what do we got? We got Zach Barcello says, so pumped for this uh, MC. Totally missed this in theaters, but saw it on Netflix in 15 and instantly became one of my faves. Love Emily Blunt in this. You know what? This was funny. Ray and I were just talking about this. I didn't know this movie had been on Netflix because when I went to watch again, I realized it's not on any of the streams. Nope. So I had to uh, I had to rent it for three bucks. I rented it too. Rented it for three bucks to watch it, but it was not available. So I, I didn't know it was available on Netflix there for a while. So thanks for letting us know about that. Oh, I have that 4K disc that came out last week. Well, of course you do. This is where you win. This is where physical media. You spent 20-something bucks on it, but I had to spend three. That's true. What's next? Uh, Tim Platt says, almost a decade later, and it still holds up beautifully. If Avatar and Top Gun can get sequels, so can this. Hashtag believe. Well, there's a difference. Avatar was the biggest film in history. Yeah. And the biggest box office film in history. And while thankfully Edge of Tomorrow managed with some good positive word of mouth, make a bit of resurgence after an so-so opening weekend, it wasn't exactly a huge blockbuster, right? So, yeah, I would not compare Avatar <laughs> to the biggest money-making film in the, in the history of film to, to Edge of Tomorrow. But we can always keep our fingers crossed. But listen... It seems weird to say it, but now that he is in his 60s. Yeah, I think it's... The clock on Tom Cruise being able to do these kinds of films yeah. is not over, but it's it's a window that's closing. So if he is going to do another Edge of Tomorrow, it's got to happen soon. Like, this, this can't be something that goes into production in 2025. Right. Right? It would have to probably be pretty soon. So fingers crossed. Mm. All right, what's next? Uh, Kal-El says, one of my favorite movies that was under the radar, but I watched it three or four times in theaters. I still remember John and Amy Rose doing a spoiler discussion on this movie back in the AMC days. <laughs> Hashtag good times. I remember that. Yeah. And just being, again, like one of the good things about this being one of the worst marketed movies in history was that it was such a pleasant surprise. Right. Like watching is like, I had, I never would have guessed that this movie was this good. 
And so, uh, yeah, again, sometimes terrible things like a bad marketing campaign <laughs> can lead to little silver linings like being so well pleasantly. Always surprised. a good thing. Always a good thing. All right, what's next? Uh, Macaulay Gallagher says, my favorite Tom Cruise film, I read the manga All You Need Is Kill recently. It's so good. The film absolutely does justice to the source material. That's good to hear. I've never read it, so. But Rob, I got to ask you, here's the thing. Edge of Tomorrow is such... A fuck stick, like afternoon soap opera title of a sh- like of a movie. That's, that sounds like an afternoon soap opera. Do you, to, when we come back tomorrow for the edge of tomorrow, the like edge after a, tomorrow. It's the edge after tomorrow. <laughs> it's such a bad title. Like it's we, so when bad. you're trying to name stuff in the entertainment industry, you want something that's going to stick in people's minds, right? All you need is kill is a name you never forget. It was the name of the original source material. Now, let's, I'm not saying it should have kept it because that was the name of the source material. You got to keep No, no, no. It's a great title that you never forget. No. So why why do you think they changed the name of that? From you know what? I, I think it had something to do with grammar or something like that. And they're, they, well, that's not an appealing title. What does that mean? Like somebody said, what does that mean? I, I mean, like in hindsight, like you said, John, all you need is kill. You hear that, you don't forget it, and you're like, what does that mean? It, it seems it seems like so hardcore, like all you need. That's the only thing you need is kill, kill, kill. And I'm sure somebody thought that that in the marketing department, like, well, we can't call a movie that. It was some ridiculous decision. And then, and then like you were saying, do, 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 edge of tomorrow. You know, whatever. <laughs> These are the sands in the hourglass and the edge, whatever. And it's such a, the worst title maybe in the history of Hollywood. By the way, Sam uh, Sudip in the live chat also gave, you know, would have been a perfectly good title. I mean, and you know, you're allowed to say this on broadcast TV, so you could have made this title. And it works with the movie. Full Metal Bitch, which was her nickname in right. the movie. The, 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 the full, full heroine of her, yeah. Yep, the Full Metal Bitch. Like, holy shit, who would have ever forgotten that name, too? Yeah, but... Like, the, that would have been a good one. Somebody would have been pissed about that. Uh, sure. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, that? it's it's too bad that they gave it that title. Because yeah. even now, I struggle to remember... Yep, so do I. ...what it was called. Yep. You never would have Even on the show you. live. Um, Tim Platt says, Bill freaking Paxton yep. brings life to every project he shows up in. And he's so good. Why do they call it Science Kill or Science Hill? I don't care. I... I like in my head canon, I believe he's what the uh, Marine in Aliens grew up to be. <laughs> I, in my own head canon, it's the same character. John, that makes no sense. I know that makes no sense. You can just shut the hell up. Thank you. That's the way it is in my head canon. And I love the fact that he goes in with the troops. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, 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 he doesn't great. talk the talk. He walks, he it, walks man. the walk, man. All right. What's next? You'll be <laughs> baptized. Mark Nadal says, interesting kills in that movie. That's another thing. Yep. The deaths are h- hilarious. <laughs> I mean, they never take it too seriously. I mean, sometimes you're going, like when you get hit by the truck, that's shocking. But then sometimes the deaths are horrific, and other times you just laugh. Go, oh! He's like, I think I broke my back. I can only feel my lips. That, that <laughs> line is so funny. When he's sitting there, goes, yeah, I, just I, like this. I think I broke my back. Uh, can only <laughs> can only feel my lips. And I love the first time Emily Blunt just takes out the gun. Yes, that that was a nice little. But then nice even when thing. he's like, 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 no, no, I'm fine. You broke yeah, your leg. That, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, Boom. <laughs> right there too. Oh, it's next. <laughs> Attack of the Mushi says you'd be happy to know I own the 4K Steelbook, John. I'm not going to lie to you, Attack of the Mushi. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm real happy for you, but I don't care. <laughs> but I am happy for you. But really, I'm sure you just made Rob proud. Rob's yeah, our, very proud. Uh, well, I, you know, I don't have that 4K steelbook because our friend Cliff Stevenson got me the Japanese All You Need Is Kill steelbook that I put my 4K disc into. Oh, that's nice. But, 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 yeah. but, can I ask something? Um, you know, I only buy Blu-rays for special features. Did this have? Yeah, there's some good special features. Like in the suits and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's cool. Okay, see, that that's the part that interests me. Yeah. yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, Tim Platt says, so I just watched the trailers for this again, and just for kicks, and my God, is the tone way wrong in them. Laugh out loud. Hashtag, this is not the end. This is not I've never the seen one end. trailer for this movie. It's so emo. I've never seen it's one trailer for this movie. total emo. Like, just, this is a thrilling movie with action and dynamic and baby oil and so much baby oil <laughs> and the trailers gave it made you think it was some kind of we are now going to take a journey into the human mind <laughs> we should all open the show on top of the desk doing the push <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're doing the, the numbers would have went <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I, I think that this is one of the great travesties of all modern studio marketing in the last twenty I, years. I, that and John Carter, I, yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, and the trailers for this, like our like our viewer just astutely pointed out, were terrible marketing and titles for both movies. And, and yeah, yeah. And you, the problem with your idea, though, Ray, about the push is we don't have a lot of baby oil, so we'll have to use like coffee creamer. Let's pour coffee creamer. I don't even know if I can do that with my, you know. Okay, what's next? <laughs> Josh Becker says the ending and Ed end credit song are awesome, and they are. I cannot remember the. I don't end song. know the name of the song, yeah, but, I, but it ends like a Marvel movie. I let it okay, play that of. song, whatever it was. I let it play. Yeah. But he walks into the barracks again and again. And it just one more push-up shot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's what, that's another thing I what loved about want? this. They don't. It just cuts to him walking and seeing her, and boom, cut to black. Yeah, that was a good starts. cut. That was a it. Good was cut. a really good cut. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really great way to end the film because <laughs> they could have done this. Oh my God, we're reunited again. But we don't have to see them reunite. We've seen them reunited a hundred times already. Yep. It's so good. Do you All think right. there's ever a couple times where he just walked in there and then just shot himself after seeing her do the push-up thing? <laughs> just for a couple of times. You know, I just, uh, was that a Rob job? I don't feel up to the to the training today. William Bang says, I originally went to this because of Tom Cruise, but now I think of it as an Emily Blunt movie, which, bonus, also has it in him. <laughs> Sequel or prequel, please. He probably means also has him in it. Um, as it well, I yeah, like, I, look, I, I've heard talk about that before about the idea about you know what a prequel this would be really good hell no i have no interest in a prequel this. i have no interest in like a story that leads up to this that we already we know everything we need to know well as our viewer pointed out if tom cruise is now the omega maybe they come after him yeah maybe i mean that could be a really i never thought of it until our viewer brought it up today but you're that's how it ends it just reminded me of the funniest part of this movie remember when he's like oh it transfers in my blood and he oh, have yeah. you tried everything and Maybe then I he has the robot to you she's like, and he's like, blood she's like have you tried every and you can see kind of the <laughs> arms go like this and she's like have sex yeah I've got... and then he's like how many times and yeah, she, yes i've tried that too how many how times have you tried <laughs> that's it? It was so funny <laughs> so that was good. a really good... but you're like, right Tom. it's his you're right though it's that subtle motion yeah yeah you don't see it like it's not yeah, obvious. Yeah, he doesn't go, mm, I know, I know, but very, it's just like, very subtle. have you tried everything? <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, that's so funny. Uh, Mr. Taco about it. 
Oh, like that name. T- okay. Tim Platt says Groundhog Day plus Independence Day. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Yeah, looks again when people say, well, it's basically Groundhog Day. So it's definitely got elements of Groundhog Day. But what's wrong with that? I mean, you, you, like every movie takes elements of that have been in other movies and make it their own. Is there definitely Groundhog Day in this? Sure, but it definitely made it its own, and it definitely made its own thing about. It. But which is one of the reasons why I really like Happy Death Day because Death right. Happy Death Day Two did that as well. Took that basic conceit of Groundhog Day, but completely made it its own thing and did it in its own way, and it completely worked. Totally works. All right, what's next? Uh, now this one would be Mr. Talk about it. Uh, so speaking of Tom Cruise, I watched Minority Report and it was good for two thirds of it until it commits one of the worst writing tropes, the one you hate most, John. I gotta admit, it's been do you know what ten it is, years since I don't I've know watched what the it? Worst I, writing trope. I mean, well, no, one so of them. I, I this my I've said this before. To me, there's there's a couple of there's a couple of tropes in movies that I always dislike. Number one, that if the hero movies in love with a girl who's already in a relationship, uh-huh. the guy she's in a relationship is a huge dick, like every time, every single time. Um, so that's one. But the one I hate the most <laughs> yeah. is called Meet Me at Death Peak, where. The hero trying to solve a murder gets a call and it's from Mr. X. And Mr. X says on the phone, I figured out the identity of the killer. That's what they're talking to about. To which the hero says, well, who is it? Not on the phone. Meet me at Death Peak at midnight. And sure enough, the hero will go to Death Peak and oh no, Mr. X has been murdered, right? Yep. So that's probably the one he's talking that's about. That's exactly what he's talking about. Okay. It's still a good movie though. I, again, I can't remember the like. It's been over a decade since I've watched. I got to watch that one again. Just watch it with you, Ray. You, you'll dig it. All it's right, that's well, a lot of cool <laughs> stuff in it. Ahmed E sends this. Developed my lifelong crush on Emily Blunt. I listen. I think a lot of look. Obviously, she she splashed into the world with um, uh, uh, Anne Hathaway big hit film. Uh, Meryl um, Street. Devil Wears oh, Devil Devil Prada. Prada. She she made her big entrance. Like that's where everybody really took notice of her because she was fantastic. Smaller role, super good in it though. But I think it was this movie. I, I think you're right. This was the movie that made a lot of people fall in love with her. Yeah. And this is a movie that's like, why is she not in a Marvel movie? Why is that lady not in a dis or a DC movie? Right. It's it's totally. So I don't think you're alone, man. You're not alone. All right, baby oil. What's next? Uh, <laughs> Joel. But Harry says, I've always loved Cruise. I went to see this movie with a friend who hated the couch jumping cruise. Oh, yeah, of course. She only went to watch Cruise die a million times, <laughs> ended up converting her. She's now a huge Tom Cruise fan. Listen, I'll, I still remember. We talked about this recently because they made the announcement that they're probably going to do a spinoff movie of Tropic Thunder with uh, his character, Les uh, Grossman. Les Grossman. Listen, people forget today when Tom Cruise was one of the biggest stars in the world and then he had like kind of weird story after weird story and then it kind of culminated in the whole couch jumping thing and everybody, it's much like the Robert Downey Jr. thing, right? Everybody forgets that before Iron Man, his career was over and I'm not going to say Tom Cruise's career was over. It wasn't, but it was definitely at a low point and then along came Tropic Thunder and him playing fearlessly playing that Les Grossman character, doing something that nobody ever thought we'd see Tom Cruise doing. And all of a sudden, boom, winning cures everything, Rob. Oh, yeah. Because he he had a big win with that character, and all of a sudden, Tom Cruise was back in a hot thing again, and then he got on a roll with some really good movies after that, and it's... 
Dude, I've been a cruiser my whole life. Cruiser meaning Tom a Cruise. Cruiser fan. my whole life. I've been a cruiser since nineteen eighty three in risky business, but even before that when he Take was Take them old records off the shelf, Rob. Oh man, he was and and then taps, he was in taps and he was in the I outside. Forgot about before taps. That. Yeah, when he first started. And he was great. He always gave great performances. I mean, if you look at his output in the nineties, whether it was Rain Man or whether it was well, I was late eighties, Rain Man or um a few good men. He's always good. Yeah. A color of money. I love him in color. Magnolia. Oh, God. yeah. I loved him in Magnolia. <laughs> All right. What's next? <laughs> Dr. Spider-Man says Starship Troopers 2, Day of the Groundhog. Starship Troopers 2, <laughs> Kid. Oh, before I, I forget, um, I put up a poll uh, asking our audience, did you rewatch Edge of Tomorrow this week to, in pre- preparation of, uh, of Movie Club here? 62% of you did not. Oh, decided you did wow. not. Uh, just it, we were just we had a we had a little debate before this. We uh, had a discussion wondering like how many people because we we all rewatched the movie we talked about on yeah. movie club like in the days leading up to it, and so we were we had a little discussion beforehand about how many of our audience actually go back and rewatch the movie. Oh. The week we're doing it. So I lost. Thank you for. I, I wasn't <laughs> going to tell people that. I lost. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. What's next? <laughs> Danny Vakura says, I loved Edge of Tomorrow, except for the ending where time shouldn't have reversed one last time. It should have been darker and no sequel is necessary. Well, I mean, yeah, listen, there's an argument to be made that there is a more nihilistic ending you could have. Sure. Where, listen, Emily Blunt says to him, listen to me, neither of us are getting out of here because she volunteers to try to draw the alpha away. He's like, oh, no, it's going to kill you. And she's like, listen, neither of us are getting out of here. Like, this is it for both of us. Like, you're dead, too. We're both dead. The only question is, do we succeed before we die? And there's absolutely an argument to be made that once the explosion goes off, that's it. That's the end of the movie. They they win. But, you know, it's a tragic. It's a tragic win. But what they did do was consistent with what had happened, that the blood gets, they established early, if the blood of, a, of an alpha, and by extension, you'd figure an omega, gets into you, then you become that trigger. Now, again, I said, but why did it reset without the omega still being there? Like it died in that future tense. Once you go back, you're now in a time when the omega was alive, well, whatever. And well, Tom Cruise is the omega. So that changed the thing. Anyway, with all that, it still worked. It still worked. Although, yes, they could have ended it like that. And I don't, you wouldn't hear a complaint from me. Nope. It'd be like, that's a dark ending, but what a powerful ending it would be. Like, and, I would like it. And the best part about this movie for me was they confused me right at the end, like the last 10, five minutes. And I never even cared if I got it or not. Because <laughs> today I still don't get it. But I was, I'm but so into the movie, most of the movie, that I don't care. <laughs> so good, though. All right, what's next? Keith Abbott says, love this and Oblivion. Any news on the sequel? Uh, none. Uh, the only, Again, the only, last news I heard on the sequel was Emily Blunt telling the story that Lyman and Tom Cruise got a hold of her and said, hey, we've got our production window to do Edge of Tomorrow 2. And she's like, ah, you should have called me a week ago because I just committed to think That's the last I heard of it. Yep. And now Cruise is booked for the next few and years. And don't, yeah. don't hate me. I don't think this needs a sequel. No movie needs a sequel. Well, I mean, this is, I would love to see one, but... If they say no, we we don't have time. We I've don't have to. No, I've got it. They do a uh, Edge of Tomorrow two, but it's with a different cast. They go back to the 1700s, and the aliens attack a Native American tribe <laughs> on the plains. I'm telling you, it's perfect. Praymaro, Edge of Praymaro. <laughs> Praymaro. <laughs> Let's just mash it all up and create something stupid. All right, what's next? 
Uh, My Comic Planet says, I love this movie. I know there have been rumors of a sequel for years. Do you guys know if it will ever happen? And would you want a sequel? Well, man, sounds they, like. do I want a sequel? Yes. I'd be down for seeing for seeing them revisit this. Like if the one person who wrote in the theory is right and he's now the Omega. Yeah, that creates a whole world of possibilities you can get into. But every literally every day that passes lessens the chances of it. Tom Cruise is now in his 60s. Plus, I don't know. You could make a sequel that might be approach being as good as this but it's kind of neat that there isn't yeah yeah you know because what would they do like that's what i was thinking what would be the new thing that would other omegas yeah. come looking for him yeah i know and then i don't know why stuff would happen dr nova says i saw this in cinemas and i had the standee from the theater which my parents hated because it took up too much room i still love it it's a true story i love standees uh obviously we got a henry cavill one in here but my wife ann the, the corporate office she works in, they're closing down just the physical office because so many people in that office now work remotely. So they're closing it down and there's a free-for-all for people. Like the chair I'm sitting in came from that office because they're like, anybody want to take stuff, take stuff. The hot item, though, that everybody wants is a Robert Downey Jr. standee. That I think from that's from Iron Man 1. And, huh. and that's like, so everybody's taking all these desks and chairs and TVs, but they have to raffle off the Iron, the, the Robert oh, Downey Jr. standee. Because everybody wants you know, that. You know, when I was at this, I don't know if everyone knows, Best Buy. I used to work at Best Buy and we used to do the, we used to set up the DVD section or whatever. Yeah. Um, the standees, it would be a week. And if you put your name in back of that standee at the end yours? of the week, you took it. So I have Thor from Thor 1. <laughs> yeah. So like that, that seems like the easier way. A raffle? You should bring that off. into the office. Yeah, man. Well, I mean. Oh, yeah, I should. Yeah. They're all it. over the wall. <laughs> Bring it in the office. Yeah. All right, let's keep going here. What's next? Uh, in so, uh, Insomatic 101 says, besides Ex Machina, this is the best sci-fi action movie of the 2010s. I would say it's probably the best. Ex Machina is more of a lower key film. Yeah, that was definitely a lower key film. I still, you know what? I keep forgetting. What year did Serenity come out? I think that's when the... I thought it was 10. Like two, was it, yeah, maybe 2010. Okay, if it was if it was 2010, or then I, I that was my then I would say that would be my favorite just sci-fi movie. Like mm. I love Serenity. That was a good movie. I liked it even more than the Firefly series. I had no idea what that was about. I don't know how I watched it, but after I watched it, I was like, this is a pretty good. Oh, I, I didn't even know it was after, based on a TV. Misbehave. Yeah. Mm. All right. What's next? Uh, Jamie Sunday says, wasn't he trapped in the loop for like 3000 years? I mean, he could have been, I, I mean, mean you literally don't know. Yeah. You like, I think I read somewhere that we saw like 60 something restarts, but I mean, that could have been 600 restarts. That could have been 6,000. Yeah. We, we just simply don't know. You don't know. He was in it. They never kind of mention it, but I guess with maybe the, the, uh, uh, the comic, Reveals right. it. But, yeah, maybe. but just because it was that way in the Magna, uh, uh, Magna, I keep wanting to say Magna, Magna, uh, Magna <laughs> Manga, Magna. it doesn't necessarily mean that's the way they did it in the movie, but it's 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 a really good question. All right, <laughs> it is next? a good question. Now I want to go back and count them up. Power is power. Sent pa- says Paxton's reaction to the truck death had me thinking. Oh my God. That was <laughs> every time went on after he died, every time he dies is really starting the day over. Is it a new timeline? How many court martials did Emily Blunt get? Well, I mean, that's a really interesting question. I mean, from an existential standpoint, do those timelines go on? But I think, no, they end. You know, it's, yeah. it's you're going back. It's literally the same timeline that more stuff can happen in. But then you go back. It's not an alternate timeline. It's the same timeline being played out differently. Now, if you did it by Avengers Endgame theorem, 
then by Avengers Endgame logic, that every time he reset, he actually was creating a new reality that right. he started off. So yeah, that would literally mean in the current timeline he's in, he breaks his leg, Emily Blunt shoots him, but that timeline keeps going. It's like, right. now all of a sudden she's got 20 witnesses. You just murdered a fellow officer. Also, thing. what was he he's court-martialed. What was his line? Boy, what the hell were you thinking? Oh, <laughs> yeah, all that. Like, what the? Oh, my and God, they didn't show so him. Funny. They didn't show him either, which was no, great. And I you love Pax's imagine. reaction when he rolls onto the truck, yeah. truck and gets crunched. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, it's just a great, <laughs> so good. A great reaction. All right, what's next? Tim Platt says, so technically Tom Cruise was Alpha and Omega. Well, Laugh no, remember, by the time he was Omega, he was no longer the Alpha. Right. But yes, if he had, then technically speaking, he would be the Alpha and the Omega. It's a little uh, a little uh, Old Testament there. That's you. right. All right, what's next? My Comic Planet says there was an alternate ending filmed where the humans lose. The writer Chris McQuarrie says that the ending involves a human soldier accidentally eliminating an alpha during the final battle, despite being warned by Cage or Cruz not to do so. By the way, My Comic Planet tipped in like 20 bucks. Uh, thank you so much for supporting us on that level. Man. I, you know, I didn't know that. Maybe I did know that. I didn't but know that either. That's that's interesting. I don't. I'll, Is that on the Blu-ray? I don't know. No, I want to go back. Or and look. that might be like just written on the script or something I, like that. I would say this. I know some people say they really like it when movies have alternate endings. To me, what that tells me was that the storyteller never had a clear vision for their story. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't like that. I do not like that. This, this, I, we got alternate endings. Oh, then the storyteller never had a clear vision come, for what they story did. Come to like, think I don't of, like that. Come to think of it, this would be a great director's commentary movie. I would to I'd see love what he, that. Yeah. Yep. This one would actually be one to have that on. I would love that. All right, what's next? I don't know if they're... I'm going to go look now. Daniel Vakura says... Jax, a.k.a. Firestorm himself, was part of J-Squad. That is true. Hmm. That's why I recognized Wait, him. Who, who is this? Richard? He's the one who, who, who got, took his name from a fallen comrade mm -hmm. friend and then uh, gave his... He was the one who was at the end who was in the guns on the ship going, come on, right, we got Right, but the Firestorm reference. What's that? That's from... Uh, Edge, not Edge of Tomorrow. That was from Legends, Legends of, Tomorrow. of Tomorrow. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and, and on... Um, Legends of Tomorrow and Flash. Okay, I'll pretend to know who you're talking about. All right, what's next? Because <laughs> I've never watched Haskell anymore. 420 says, Hi, John and Rob. Also, the humor top-notch yes. and perfectly placed every time. Seeing it again for the 20-plus time, there's not one out-of-place joke. I agree. Dude, the humor on this, the way they... they <laughs> I'm right doing his little... <laughs> How many times? <laughs> the way they skirt, they, they do a perfect job because that could have ruined the tone. This could have been a goof. This movie could have been a goof. You could yeah. have played it more of a comedy, but it's... But it could have also been buried under its own heaviness. Yep. And that's, like, Marvel... Marvel maybe have, has lost that balance a little bit in the last little bit, but for the first decade or so, it the Marvel balance of that is great. They always knew when to put in humor. Yes. And, and, and maybe now they go a little bit too overboard sometimes, but, I mean, if, if this movie didn't have well-placed humor then I think the audience, I think we could have felt it overly heavy. And I we maybe could have suffocated on it. Totally that. agree. But that's what makes it great is the tone. Yep. It's never too heavy, but it's so much fun. Yeah, I agree. Even though many people die. All right, what's next? Well, uh, James Wheeler says, I think you've pushed me over the edge to this being my favorite Tom Cruise movie. By the way, James Wheeler tipped in 50 bucks. To say James, that. Thank you, James, thank for supporting you so us on that level. That. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here. Listen, when you really... Think about it and talk about it. You just realize just how brilliant the movie is 
it's because it works as a great thinking man's movie about the whole thing about these obstacles we have to overcome. Here's a time paradox problem we got to solve and blah, blah, blah. But it's also just a great grab a bag of chips and a Coke and just sit back and be entertained by the. It's got all of that. And another thing, it, again, I go back to the writing, the whole structure of the story. Yep. Even when Tom Cruise like goes off on his own, you, meant, you mentioned him when he's sitting at the bar and then everybody they've lost in France and they go out and you see coming up the, the Thames, just these creatures are coming to London. You know, the world's over with, and it's so cool. That scene when he's standing on that bridge and you see just in the real far distance, just a disturbance in the water gets closer. And you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. The world is screwed. The world is screwed. That's oh, so such well a done. Good shot. So good. All right. What's next? Uh, J Jav Dav, uh, or J Jav Dab, I guess so. Yeah, so, right? Never seen this movie, but I never get to catch a live show. <laughs> I just want to say, love you guys. Hope y'all having a great day. Stay blessed. Well, well thank you, J Jav. Watch you, it, please. J Jav. You've got to watch this movie. You're gonna love it. Oh so yeah. Much. Oh yeah. Wait. Thank us later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and even though we just spoil it, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'd seen the movie before. And yet I was able to sit down yesterday and watch it again and be totally thoroughly and wildly entertained. This movie's wildly entertaining. It's so good. All right. What's next? Powers Power says, I once asked who started over more, Bill Murray and Groundhog Day or Tom Cruise here? Learning Tom now after the rewatch. Oh, he starts over way more times. It, it depends. Because what do they like? I've heard them say that Bill Murray like did six or seven years of because how long would it have taken him to learn the piano? Like to the degree he was able to play, that's not something you learn in a week. No, it's true. So, I mean, wow. I'm not sure. I would love to someday in a year or two from now, I'm going to take a weekend. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to do a triple header <laughs> of three movies I thoroughly enjoy Groundhog Day, Happy Death Day, and Edge of Tomorrow. I'm going to watch them all as, as a triple header one day. And and maybe I'll see who had to go through it most. That's a good question. <laughs> that is actually now I want to know the answer. Yeah. All right, what's next? <laughs> There's got to be some online BuzzFeed article about it. Uh, My Comic Planet says, according to the Jap Japan Times, the author of the original novel for this movie got the idea for the story from playing video games, constantly go. losing his life and having to reset or respawn. Pretty cool. So the manga is based on a novel, which, wow, okay. But even to your original point about the stages of the story feeling like stages of a video game. Yeah. Like, I was recently playing through uh, uh, God of War, and it's the same thing. Yep. You get to a certain level, you're in a certain village, you're in a certain cavern, you're you're facing a certain thing, and you're dying a hundred times trying to figure a way out of it. You get out of it just to be thrust into another <laughs> level that you've got to figure out and yep. get your way through and all that kind of stuff. And and that's maybe that's why we as the audience were watching it and we're feeling every time Tom Cruise is able to advance to the next stage. We feel that sense of accomplishment, too, as yep. an audience. And at the same totally. time, when you start getting it so much that you get through to this part or whatever part you're stuck on, you start getting bored. You have to wait for that thing to pass by, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then you go past it and then you cross. Like, there's a certain point where if you can't progress in a game, if you know everything up to it, you start getting bored until you get past yeah, that. Get past That's when you used to get the old those manual, the old <laughs> cheap manuals you buy. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. All right, and is that it? <laughs> and guys, uh, that'll do it for this meeting of Movie Club as we sat around here and discussed the Tom Cruise, my favorite Tom Cruise film, 
Edge of Tomorrow. Screw it. We're just going to call it all you need is kill. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us and chatting about this movie together. A special thank you to all you guys who sent in the Super Chats, number one, because you gave us great points and things to think about. But number two, you supported the channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the channel, thank you guys so much for that support. I want to thank my fellow movie club members, of course, Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at RM Burnett. Find me on Twitter at Burnett RM or find me at postgeeksingularity.com. And of course, Ray Aura. Ray, where can people find you? Ray Aura with a zero. I can't wait to be doing our movie club on Edge of Tomorrow tomorrow. <laughs> Ah, that's a very meta joke. I did. That, I that instantly regret it that, right I, now. I, I, I think that was good. good. I think that was good. <laughs> and of course, you guys can follow me on social media on Instagram or on Twitter, simply at John Campia. All right, guys, that'll do it for now. A little heads up about tomorrow. Of course, we got the John Campia show in the morning. Make sure you guys come on back and join us for that. And tomorrow, don't forget, is game day. Game day. Game day. She Hulk. <laughs> debuts tomorrow night so we will be doing our pre-game show at 3 p.m tomorrow afternoon 3 p.m los angeles time so if you guys are looking forward to she hulk make sure you guys join us for that pre-game show as we talk about it get all revved up for it of course our she hulk after show will happen on thursday all right guys special thank you to fact checker jonathan voico our producer back there running the show so guys for everybody here my name's john campia and until next time my friends bye-bye The doctor will see you now. But do they really? Do they see you as a mother who's a daughter and a caregiver? Fearless, but sometimes fearful. A health nut with a French fry habit. An O-positive geologist named Patty, who's here today for a melanoma exam. At Kaiser Permanente, we believe the only way to care for all of you is by seeing all that is you. Kaiser Permanente, for all that is you. Learn more at kp.org.